All right, so we'll continue with our progress right now on the installs. We'll continue today with the emphasis being in the red area. We'll move a little bit more to the fringe, incorporate some third down schemes and calls. Uh, really, our focus still remains, though, on building a foundational base with our fundamentals. All right, building our communication, continue with chemistry within the units. This is critical. As we build into pads next week, we've got to make sure that we start this week with a good, strong base on fundamentals and keep building our conditioning. We'll actually peel back the time a little bit today. Uh, we're going to try to mirror this as much as we can in terms of the pattern we have in a regular season. We've been two hours on the field the first two days, so maybe about an hour and a half. That generally patterns what we do in the regular season. You know, after this, we'll have a day tomorrow where we'll actually tone it down a little bit, focus more on teamwork, where we're going to be more at a lesser pace. You know, we call it the Pro Bowl jog is what the league officially calls it, but it's more of a spirited jog through, if you would. But there'll be a lot of focus tomorrow on reviewing we put in already, previewing we're going to put in next week, all right, communication across the units, and then just trying to build in the team operation, breaking a huddle, no huddle, whatever may come up in that situation. So that I'll be in settling answer any questions I can. You guys uh, know the severity of Shane Mew from, from yesterday yet? No, no, I'd say for the next, call it 24 to 48 hours, really be kind of, you know, we really kind of understand exactly where he's at. I will say this, um, I'd say the worst case scenario looks to have been avoided. Uh, we're happy about that. But in terms of trying to, you know, come out here and make, you know, a diagnosis on Shane, we got to see where he's at. The one thing I tell you for Shane, he's kind of like a wild animal. He'd chew his leg off through a bear trap if he had to. So. Him not being out here kind of drives him nuts. Uh, he's already been in my office today talking about, you know, as fast as he can get back. And look, my message to him is always when the trainers say you're 100% healthy to go on the field, we'll put you on the field. It is. And the message to our team is look, you know, as much as they hate wearing knee braces, and trust me, they do, they hate having an injury and being out for the season even more if something happens. So until we can practice at the right tempo together and everyone stay on their feet, we're going to keep those knee braces on. And anytime we go full pads live contact, we'll always have those knee braces on in practice. Do you think it could have helped Shane avoid the worst case scenario? Based on what it was, no. No, I had no impact on it one way or the other. Joe, for a player like Jimmy Holiday, I know these are practices, it's camp, but how quickly do you want to see him produce on the field, get open, score touchdowns, even if they're just red zone drills? Does that stuff matter to show that he's going to do it on the ball? Well, it matters for any player to keep having consistent production and improving every day. What we're watching with all of our players right now, and specifically to Kenny, what the question was geared towards is, you know, it's really just that he keeps advancing within our system and concepts and schemes and understand techniques. One thing I'm very encouraged with Kenny is, first off, the guy's tremendous work within the meetings. I mean, this guy's is, you know, keyed in on you, focused, locked in, like he's staring through you the whole time. He's absorbing everything. He's very, very intent on how he pays attention to meetings, and he carries it over to the field. Mentally, he's really caught up very fast on what we're asking him to do. He was good in the spring as far as working. The time throughout the summer with Daniel and the other receivers, I believe that helped him and all the other receivers as well. He practices really hard. That's something that's very important. You, you look at our guys, they practice hard. A lot of times, anyone who's new comes into a program, sometimes a learning curve. I'd say with Kenny, he's really jumped off as right now. You know, we go through every day in terms of what it looked like with the eye test, but then also going through the GPS numbers of the volume, the yardage, the intensity, the high, uh, high intensity reps he's had. And he's always at the top of the scale right there amongst a couple other guys. So, you know, to show the output he's given, we just got to be smart as coaches, make sure we keep putting our players in position. This part early in camp, it's key to really watch our players. And we're not managing that we don't want to challenge them, we don't want to push them through it, but we got to ramp up our team the right way. You know, the difference in last year was we had that called 10 day acclimation period where it was more strength and conditioning, almost like a spring phase two. We got to really build guys up. They're with the strength coaches on the field. We had more spirited walkthroughs at night. Uh, then we got to go ahead and build in the practice, and we had those time restrictions. Well, we're still within some time restrictions this year. 
but we've got to make sure for all the players that we got to monitor reps. We have to monitor the volume of what they're doing. That's a large part of why we start in the red area, to be honest with you. We start short and we build back to volume so that on day one when the intensity and the urgency is very, very high and there's natural anxiety, that we're not putting them in a position to run there and just tell them run go routes and post routes and you know one-on-ones out the gate where now they're you know more at risk for injury because their bodies aren't ready to that response yet. Actually, yeah, I see the same thing from my time with him in 2018 as I do now. And that's a guy who, first off, comes in every day with a huge smile. I mean, this guy loves life. I don't want to speak for Danny on that, but I'm just telling you from being around him, he's always smiling. He's a great teammate. Anything you ask him to do, he does it 100%, whatever's best for the team. He's a guy that'll talk to a vet as well as a young player in terms of trying to help him with something he may have some knowledge on. Uh, he's a guy that's really good as far as building culture and uh, rapport within an individual position group and also within the unit. You know, I think guys that come to work and show they love football and care about their teammates, that's natural for that energy to spread and guys that have tight bonds in the locker room. But as far as a player, I mean, obviously he's a big athletic man. You see the way he showed up at the conditioning test, which you guys weren't there for, but to see a guy of that size run the way he did and work this summer through some things he had to overcome and work through from some kind of springs, you know, injuries and nicks and bumps that he couldn't go through all the way, you know, it showed his commitment and work ethic and what he's pushing himself to do. Yeah, this guy's really changed his body throughout his career. He really has. I mean, a lot of big guys, except being big, uh, we try to press on all of our players that conditioning has to be an advantage for us. And, you know, you watch the way Danny prepares and the way he practices. That definitely shows up with his understanding of how he's got to fit within our system. He's also a guy, you know, a big run stopper who has not been able to stick. You know, he's bounced around pretty, you know, a lot as a former first-round pick. Why, why do you think that's the case? You know, look, I couldn't speak for other teams. That, that's on an individual club basis. I'm glad we have him here. You know, one thing, you know, it's the National Football League, and there's always movement. Coaches, players, there's roster turnover. That's just the nature of it right there. And it's a small league, you know, and there's a lot of guys that, you know, may leave and come back, or you may be coaching somewhere else and have a chance to coach them later on. Uh, look, all I can speak is my previous, you know, interaction with him. I was very pleased with the way he came to work every day. He helped us tremendously. Uh, and you know what? You know, going through this year, I'm glad he's here. You know, along with all of our defensive linemen, you know, that's a group right there that's really fun to coach. Spence does a great job with those guys. I think Pat has a lot of schemes. He puts them in good position to make plays. But, you know, the drawings on the paper are only part of it. Those guys got to do their jobs. One thing they do is every day they come out here, they work very hard on being very detailed and attentive how they work. Yo, the best we could see from, from 150 yards away like with, with Saquon, it looked like he was doing a lot yesterday, running routes and really running like full speed stuff. What, what have you guys seen from him and what's at least what's the report that you get back on him so far? Well, I'd say with all of our players, what we're trying to do is wherever they're at within their recovery phase, Jordan, is they get to a point we're trying to mirror practice as much as we can and see if we can build up their own load that when we get them back with the team, they have confidence that they've already done as much to a practice as can be. You know, right now that's, that's where Saquon is. A couple other players are in that mode of starting to mirror our practices and bring them on back. Uh, also, I mean, the trainers may certain days have different plans for them based on, you know, deloading them or maybe ramping them up a little bit more based on what the rest of the team's doing with their individual status. Um, what I see from every day is a guy comes out and he's just very focused on keeping it narrow and just understands today is what's important. He's got to go ahead and take a step forward every day. And I think when players do that and coaches do that, it leads to just building those blocks day by day for long-term success. So I'm very pleased with the way he's working. He's got a great attitude, showing a ton of leadership for us right now. Does a tremendous job in the meetings, staying engaged. And you know, the important thing when a guy's away from the field mentally, they got to stay sharp and involved with the communication and the installs. So when they come back, they're playing fresh on. Joe, with the addition of Dory, uh, what's your excitement level? You know, you know, with him and Bradbury. I, I was, you know, Bradbury had such a great year last year. What, what, what are you expecting out of that tandem? 
Well, I think there's more than just those two right there. And I think we've got players on the back end that all have different skill sets, and that really builds in our versatility. You know, we talked about Adoree early on, the ability to play inside and outside. Uh, he's an experienced player. He's an intelligent player. Uh, I've known about him from playing against him throughout the years. I mean, he brings a different element as well as a possible return specialist, things of that nature. But I would say, you know, along with those two corners, our other corners, some of our safeties, it gives us the ability to have different matchups based on the body types we're playing. And, and you look at our division, there's a lot of really good receivers and different body types. You know, Washington's receivers and Dallas's receivers, there's different body types and skill levels. So you've got to have the ability to move pieces around throughout the game plans and match up as best you can. Could you have asked for a better, you know, I mean, obviously he comes here, you know, pretty big signing last year, you know, the larger market and puts the year, the kind of year he had up. Could you have asked for a better first year for him in a new system and whatnot last year from last year? I'd say there's, there's kind of two parts to that, and I'm going to answer them both. Um, first off, when we step into this building, the business is done. So in terms of the status of what somebody's getting paid, we don't we don't care about that, to be honest with you. I tell the players all the time, I, I don't deal with the contracts. I don't ever want to deal with the contracts because the best players are going to play, and I don't ever want to feel tied to something of maybe a negotiation influencing who steps on the field. Okay, But I would say for a guy that obviously was a higher-profile signing last year that it's natural. The players are looking. What's this guy's story going to be? How's he going to work? Uh, James has really done a really good job for us. I mean, he's a good teammate. He's very intelligent. He works very hard. He produces on the field. You know, He's very coachable. You know, that's one thing about our guys is you know they're always looking for a better way, and we're always looking for a way to help them. Uh, I love the way he comes out here and attacks every day and works. You know, really, there's a great gel in that room. You know, the DBs as a whole, but when you talk about, you know, the corners and how Jerome and Mike Try are really working with those corners right now, they really have a great gel right now in chemistry of how they push each other, understand that they're all competing, but at the same time, they're not only competing against each other, competing with each other. Joe, since you're winding down as the week goes on, is tomorrow more a walkthrough community relations thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Look, to be honest with you, we haven't had a chance to really interact with the fans, and that's in different elements. One, it's football, and then, you know, look, a key focal point of this program is we're going to be a strong pillar in the community. We want to be very involved with the community and show support for the people who show support to us. And that's something from day one I've talked about. It's not lip service. It's very important to us. And even last year, although our guys made great contributions and strides in, in being tied to the community, just like we were, it was all tied in through Zoom. It was all remote. It was all virtual. This is the first exposure we have, even though there's other – COVID protocols that we can't be touching hands on, all right, kind of like we are right now, it's still the first time we get to be face-to-face -face with them, to address the fans in person, to speak with them. And it's very important for us that, you know, look, not everybody has the opportunity to come out and watch us play. All right, It's important for me, it's important for this organization that, you know, we're going to come to you. All right? We're going to make the effort to make sure that we can get to you and, you know, make sure you have the opportunity for the team that you cheer for, that we're going to come to your community. Because ultimately, your community is our community. All right, and there's a lot of players on this team, different backgrounds, coaches. Not everyone here is from Jersey, from New York, all right, from this area. But we all live here. This is home now. So we've got to make sure we embrace it and that we support it. Because the people are in the stands, you know, how many times you hear people come in and say, why are they booing us, this and that? Well, first off, you buy a ticket, you have a right to see a good show. All right, let's just call it right there. But at the same time, you know, you see people complain all the time. You know, we want them to come there, be good fans, cheer. The reality is we have to earn that from them. But we want to also make sure that we support them on the other side and they understand that we're there for them. So, you know, the Marin Tisch families do a tremendous job of supporting through financial contributions, you know, whether it's equipment, fields, grants, whatever it may be, a lot of organizations. And look, as the face of the organization, these players and coaches, we have a responsibility to get out there and be connected. Take one more. Joe, what does a guy with elite speed like John Bluff allow you to do special teams on offense? That's a pretty broad question. I'd say, you know, 
I mean, the old adage, speed kills. I mean, you got to play fast. I think the one thing that he's really demonstrated early on right now is his ability to control his speed. That he's not a fast, out-of-control player, but he's got the ability to run fast, threaten you deep, and then also stick his foot in the ground and redirect and come back and track the ball. We're working him out of his kickoff return. We him yesterday on a punt install, some gunner. We'll continue working him in different phases with different responsibilities. Again, look, we're going to keep the 53 best players, and if that goes heavy at receiver or heavy at another position, all those guys have to have roles in the kicking game as well. You know, we got offense, defense, and special teams. We need all three phases to be successful. So offensively, we're trying to carve out right now what we think he really does well within our system and then build to it. You know, this early part of training camp is going to be kind of a, kind of like a sampler, you know, kind of put him through everything, see what really kind of comes out, what we can focus in and build into his and everyone else's strength and skill set, and then start refining it. And that will be on uh, special teams as well as offense. But I'll tell you what, one thing I'm impressed with right now is obviously the speed stands out, but the work ethic and, you know, just coming in, he's, he's a very – very down-to-earth, very humble guy, great teammate. You know, before we really had to interact with him, a lot of teammates who got together with him in Arizona and they threw routes, you know, you get a lot of feedback from the players and they say, hey, this we like this guy. You know, he came and fit right in with the group. And I'd say we have a, a unique group of receivers. You know, I'm talking about more personality and work ethic-wise. And I've coached receivers other places. I'm not dogging anyone else's unit. That's not what I'm saying at all. We don't have any prima donnas we're going to call. We, we don't have any guys who are above any one job. We don't have any guys where something's too small for them. So we like our guys, and Tyke does a great job of getting these guys to understand, like, we're about doing the dirty work. You play 70 plays in a game, if you catch eight balls, all right, for, you know, 80 yards, that's a great day. Eight balls for 100 yards, that's a great day. All right, what'd you do to the other plays? How did you block? Okay, how'd you cover kicks? What did you do that was worthwhile? All right, how did you impact the team when the ball wasn't in your hands? You know, and that's something that our guys have to understand and embrace. And, you know, we've got to look run the ball effectively and run the ball effectively everyone who doesn't have the ball in their hands has to do their job and block so you know our guys do a good job of getting down and dirty and uh, they're a fun group to work with